Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another edition of the Better Together podcast. I am your co-host, Rosario Picardo. And I'm your other co-host, Callie Picardo. And today we have with us Bishop Sharma Lewis. She is a bishop in the United Methodist Church. She's been one since 2016. And she just moved, though, from the Virginia Annual Conference, where she served for six years, to the Mississippi Annual Conference, where she is now serving and leading. And oh my goodness, y'all, she is an incredible woman of God, a woman of prayer, a woman who is very familiar with the with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit moving and through her life. And so we are so excited to have you with us today, Bishop Lewis. Welcome together to the Better Together podcast. Amen. Amen. Before we get off this podcast, I'm going to have to take a screenshot so I can <laughs> post it on my Facebook page that I'm with the Picardos this, this, this morning. So I got to make sure I do that before we get off. Oh, well, we are honored that you're with us today. And friends, we're excited because Bishop Lewis is going to be sharing with us about something that seems so simple, but oh my goodness, it's so important and you won't have uh, any power in what you do without it. And that is the practice of prayer. Amen. And so this was, tell us a little bit about why, why prayer is important in your life. Where have you seen God move in your life through prayer? Well, first of all, Callie and, and Ricardo, I just want to say thank you all for just having me on here. And, uh, and I hope that this, that, that this podcast can be beneficial uh, because I really believe, and I have said this, that I really do believe that prayer is one of our under underutilized disciplines um, in, in the church. And I always say that because if you go and look at a church's budget, you will notice that the prayer ministry budget is always very small, or they may not even have one. And so I always ask people uh, when they ask me to talk about prayer, you know, I always ask them, you know, what's your church budget on prayer? Mm-hmm. And and they look kind of like I got two heads and someone embarrassed to say, "Ooh, we really we really don't have one. Now, of course, you all know from 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 the scriptures, Jesus said that my house shall be a what? A house of prayer. And I will tell you that what's very interesting when people ask me about prayer and I go back and I reflect, I really have to start back as a child. My mother, my mother is deceased. My mother and my father are both deceased. But I had asked my mother as I was in ministry, I had always found myself, you know, I've always enjoyed to pray. And I asked my mom one day, I said, was I always like this? And she was like, God, yes. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, and it's six of us. I have four older sisters. One of my sisters is deceased, but I had four older sisters, uh, have four older sisters and one younger brother. And my mother said that as growing up, I was always the child who said, let's pray. Let's pray as a family. And that I would always lead the prayer. 
And so my mother said that as a child, she would always say, that's going to be my prayer warrior. Wow. That's cool. And I, you know, of course I didn't know anything about that, but as I began to seriously grow and grow in ministry and, and also I am the 14th pastor in my family, which people always go, wow. what? You didn't think you were going to go into ministry? And I was like, no, nah, I didn't. <laughs> but prayer honestly has been a strong discipline for me. Of course, as good old United Methodists, we know that prayer is one of our means of grace. Mm-hmm. And so I will tell you that actually my praying happened as a child. But see, as they say, and it's true, I did have a praying mother. Mm-hmm. I had a praying grandmother. So I feel that it was just part of my DNA. I went through a phase and I will just say to you, as I was just growing in ministry, uh, and when I say growing in ministry, I hadn't accepted my call yet. But as I was just growing as a Christian, I would say that prayer has always been very important. Mm-hmm. When I accepted my call to ministry, I actually, um, um, it was an opportunity where my Aunt Essie, who she is deceased now, uh, but she was a United Methodist pastor in the South Georgia Conference. Um, she took me to the side and and I was wrestling with my call and I thought I was supposed to go to medical school. And it was my Aunt Essie who challenged me and said, um, I think you know what you think you want to do, but I think I know what you're called to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so she was one of the first ones that I will tell you that really challenged me in ministry to pray. Hmm. And so I began to really seriously seek God about my purpose. And as God would have it on February 13th, 1994, Ben Hill United Methodist Church, I go to the altar to what? Pray. And I hear the voice of God saying, stop running, preach my word, and the rest is history. Wow. I will also tell you that as on my journey, uh, when I was at Ben Hill, I was a member at Ben Hill before I accepted my call. I took courses on prayer. I've always been fascinated about prayer. I even tell people that I feel most closest to God when I pray and when I preach. Mm-hmm. And I always get people say, why then? I said, when when I preach, it's just something about how you do the exegesis, you do the work and you pray about it, but then how God just takes it. And so I feel close to God by the move of the Holy Spirit by preaching, but I also feel very close to God when I am praying. Mm-hmm. And I feel the move of the spirit. I have been one of these people that I've taught on. I have took, I've taken classes, biblical class, Bible classes, Bible study classes. I've taken Bible study classes on pray, how to pray. Um, I've read books on prayer. I got to do a shout out for you, Ricardo. I have this book here, Dynamic Prayer, that I'm going to take away with me in August uh, to utilize as to just learn more about prayer. I have, um, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm just, I am excited about prayer. When the when the the movie of War Room came out, and and the 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 actress who had the prayer room, of course, what did I have to do? I had to get yep. my own prayer room. <laughs> and so I I have a prayer room. I've had several prayer rooms. I have I've had prayer altars, but 
when I say I feel most closest to God when I'm preaching and praying, it is because that I believe that when you pray, you can be as vulnerable as you want to be, Mm. as well as I do know that God does hear my prayers. And then I will tell you, I have been, even in this ministry, been challenged by prayer. And what I mean by that is that I had a sister that I mentioned. Her name was Wanda Lewis Hendricks, who Wanda died from complications of surgery. Mm. And it was during this time that I really do feel my prayer life went to another level. It's been two times in my life that I really feel that my prayer life went to another level. And Wanda's death was one of those levels. What I mean by that is that Wanda went in to have a surgery that most women have all the time, fibroidectomy, um, um, to remove fibroids. Um, She had that. Women have that surgery all the time to remove all fibroids. And a blood clot sat in, and Wanda actually died from a blood clot. Well, also, while this was going on, they discovered Uh, after the removal of the fibroid, you know how they have to send the test away and do all that, that Wanda had cancer as well. Mm. And so we were ready as a family to, you know, we were ready to deal with the cancer and fight the cancer. And then this blood clot sat in and they tried everything, heparin, warfarin, the cumin, and all of this to try to dissolve this, this blood clot. But what ended up happening was that When Wanda was in the hospital, she was in and out of the hospital. It was just, it was a weird ordeal. I I, I just, uh, you know, it was just a strange time. And I remember, of course, being the the, the pastor of the family, if you want to call it. I prayed and we were praying for Wanda and we were praying for after the surgery and we were praying for this new news of the cancer. And in my prayer time, I heard God say, keep me in front of the family. And I kept saying, keep me in front of the family. Keep me in front of the family. And by the end of the day, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to write prayers every day and send them to the family to pray for Wanda's healing, as well as, as and praying, you know, as you're praying for Wanda. So I would get up and I would write a simple prayer. And I would end the prayer with the tagline, let's bombard heaven. And Mm -hmm. we were bombarding heaven on Wanda's behalf. So I would send it to my siblings and my mom. My mom was still alive at that time. And two of Wanda's best friends. And the thing that was interesting was that from the time we started praying those prayers, unfortunately, to the time Wanda died, it was 40 days. Mm. And so I actually, Ricardo, you inspired me, honestly. I have 40 days of prayer. Wow. And I have not published that I feel that God is calling me to write. Mm. Because during the time of Wanda's ordeal, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about prayer. I learned a lot about the move of God. But see, what's interesting, we always think as Christians, that we pray and God is going to answer the way we want Mm -hmm. because the prayer was for my sister to live. Well, Wanda died. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I wrestled, I wrestled with God. Mm. Wait a minute now, God, I'm being prayerful. Mm. I'm having fervent prayer. The prayers of the righteous avail much. I ask, seek, and knock. This is the confidence that we have in God that if we ask anything according to God's will, and I'm praying this, and I'm praying this, and I'm believing this, and I'm having the mustard seed faith. But my sister died. Mm. So my prayer, I didn't stop praying, but my prayer life went to another level because I began to really look at and look at praying, how we pray, how we pray through the move of the Holy Spirit, prayers of healing. But Wanda was healed, just not on this side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a big Richard Foster. I've, I've read his books. I'm a big Terry Teagle. Mm-hmm. I've read all of his books on prayer. I've met Terry Teagle. I even had Terry Teagle to Virginia to do work with, with the conference on prayer. Juanita Rasmus, I had her to come into Virginia to do work on prayer. And so prayer is just my number one discipline. Mm -hmm. And um, and then there was another time that I felt that God stretched me in my prayer was I was appointed when I was in North Georgia to a cross racial appointment. Mm -hmm. And I was their first woman and first African-American woman in 50 years. And uh, I tell people that I think I prayed so much by my bedside that I could count the carpet hairs on (laughs) on my floor because I was by myself. And the church was not, it was not a kind experience. Mm. (laughs) But what got me through was prayer. And, you know, I've had prayer partners. I pray myself. I've had, I've had prayer rooms. I mean, I've had, I've had it all, but then I also tell people very seriously that praying um, to allow myself to be a nominee for the Episcopacy. I did. I went through that. And, uh, and when I pray, I always go away I always go somewhere, um, whether it's to the monastery in Conyers when I was in Atlanta. Um, and then I'm finding some places now here in Mississippi. But prayer is very important to the life of a Christian mm-hmm. um, that we can get before God and we can seek God. And we can have a peace of God that that God will answer because I do believe that God does answer. Yes. God sometimes answers. No. God sometimes answers. Wait. I've even learned in study in scripture where it says God will not even hear your prayers. If we hide or cherish any iniquities in our hearts, the Lord won't even hear the prayer, which means there's a posture that we must come to God when we are praying. And that posture is making sure that when we go to God, that we've asked God to forgive us and to forgive others and that we can repent and turn around so that we make sure that, that God does, God hears our prayers. And, and I do believe that God hears our prayers and, and, um, 
But God sometimes will not answer the mm. way we want it. Yeah. But uh, but God is still God. Yeah, Bishop, that's that's a good word because I think there are probably a lot of people out there that have gone through times where they've said, does God even hear my prayers? Because mm. I prayed for a healing and it didn't happen. Mm. Or I prayed for deliverance from this terrible situation and I, I, I'm, I've not experienced it. Like right. I still isn't there yet. Or they feel like they've been praying for years for something yes. that just has <laughs> not happened. I mean, it sounds like you've been some through some times like that. What has sustained you through those seasons? I will tell you, believe it or not, what sustained me through those crazy seasons is prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I pray all the time. Uh, there's a song by Karen Clark Sheard. I don't know if you've heard of her, who says, God, give me a praying spirit. Mm-hmm. I feel that I have a praying spirit that I'm constantly praying. What has sustained me through those tough times is prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, When I say to you about I've studied prayer, you know, postures, um, there have been times that I've literally have gone into my prayer room and prostrated myself on my floor. So I feel like that is a posture of humility. You know, praying, you know, with my eyes open, praying with my eyes closed, praying, you know, uh, uplifted arms. Um, I think what has just sustained me is that I know that I serve a God that no matter what I'm going through, that God's word says that God will never leave me or God will never forsake me. Um, And so what has sustain me, I also feel is just that power in the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, with me, uh, moving with me in that situation. And so, um, you know, we have many disciplines, prayer and fasting. I've done that because the scripture talks about prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting and meditating. But, you know, one of the things that I would say to your hearers, is that a lot of times we think that we go to God with a laundry list. God, I won't. God, I won't. God, heal me. God, deliver me. But when do we ever go to God and we don't say anything? Hmm. And we let God speak to us. Yes. And most times, you know, we don't really do that. We go to God, as I call it, with the laundry list. Mm-hmm. But when was the last time, literally, anybody that's listening to this podcast um, will listen to this podcast, that we go to God and we say, speak, Lord, mm. your servant is listening. Yeah. And then after God speak, you're obedient to do it. Because a lot of times God be speaking and we go. Oh, no, 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 God, you're not telling me to go to seminary. No, 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 God, you're not mm-hmm. you're not telling me to quit my job and move like Abraham. No, 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 God, you're not telling me to go call that person that I don't really care for, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, you know, I feel that what has sustained me is my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, we are called, of course, as believers to have that ongoing relationship with the Lord. When I use the term of seeking God's face um, and and not his hands, if you want to make it metaphorical, I am seeking the will of God, praying in the will of God. And I want to be in God's will. 
Amen. And uh, but like I said, a lot of times God won't answer the way we want. But prayer with prayer comes power. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where believers don't believe mm-hmm. that there is power. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's this saying that we say little prayer, little power, a lot of prayer, a lot. I'm going to tell you something that is true. Yeah. I feel that um, there have been times that I have literally been confused about things, but just praying and being fervent, those words, the the fervent prayers, mm-hmm. um, um, praying for things to happen. And I'm going to also say to you all, I am not a person who pray and don't believe. Wow. I pray yeah. and believe. That's a, good, that's a good word. Wow. Yeah, I pray and believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know that must see faith? I have that. But no, I tell people, because I will tell you all some kind of way, I don't know how this happens, but this was also one of my struggles with my sister. Uh I have always prayed for people that were ill. And I have seen the manifestations of prayer healing Mm -hmm. as I have prayed or people have prayed. And even the scripture that says, call for the elders of the church, anointing with oil, the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and be raised up. And so I've prayed for a lot of folks that have been sick and stuff like that. But then I pray for my own sister hmm. and pray for 40 days. Yeah. And my sister didn't live. So, you know, I'm like, now, wait a minute now, God. But then when I've had time to reflect mm-hmm. and to pray mm-hmm. and to realize there was nothing I could do other than be obedient to what mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit spoke. And that was to keep God before my family. Because also during that time that my sister Wanda died, we had had four family members to die within 17 months. It was my Aunt Essie who uh, challenged me to ministry, my great uncle BJ, my dad, and my sister all died within 17 and a half months. And so that was another time that I would say my prayer life went to a whole nother level of just seeking God and and receiving what God said and receiving the outcome of uh so I get excited when people say about prayer. Mm-hmm. Um um and I am also to share this with you and y'all can pray with this with me. God has put in my spirit to sponsor to host a prayer conference. Oh, wow. I do not know when. Yeah. Uh, and actually a women's prayer conference. And how that came about was during COVID, I had a prayer um, uh, group and we stood on the book of T.D. Jakes of what happens when women pray. And so once a month, I would do a Zoom prayer call and had, I think we got up to maybe 80 women. I think that was maybe the largest. And I would have 80 women on the prayer call and I would design the order where women I knew literally all over the country, I would call them and say, God says, you're to pray on surrendering or you're to pray on this and you're to pray on this. So we would do it. Once a month for one hour, 
I called it What Happens When Women Pray. I love it. And I saw, we saw miracles. Uh, We prayed for a young lady to have a baby. She was able to do that. Mm -hmm. There was one segment where I had all married women on the call, and I had married women praying for married women. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. One month, we had all single women on the call Hmm. and single women prayed not only for desiring to be married, but what it meant to be single. Yeah. So out of that one year uh, that we did the prayer uh, prayer call, what happens when women pray? um, God spoke to me and said, you will one day host a women's prayer conference. And every now and then I will have somebody, and I spoke it, I let women know. And every now and then I will have some women to say, uh, Bishop, mm-hmm. when you gonna have that women's prayer conference? And I said, I, I know I'm gonna do it. I just haven't been released yet to do it, but I know it's I know it's coming. I, I don't seriously, I don't know when, but uh there are two things that I feel that God has put. And that is for me to write the book on prayer through my sister's experience. Yeah. And to have this women's prayer conference. So uh, y'all, y'all hold my feet to the fire and y'all pray. And listeners of this podcast, you've heard this too. So I hope you're pray right now for this powerful praying woman, for Bishop Lewis, and for these two things that God has just really put on our heart. Um, Bishop, I thank you for just being an encourager of prayer and for sharing that encouragement with our listeners today. I, 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 I love praying and I'm like, I need to pray more. Your excitement yeah. is contagious. Yes. So thank you yes. for joining us and thank you. telling us and sharing some of your story as well. Amen. And to our listeners, um, just want to encourage you uh, to be fervent in prayer, uh, no matter what situation you face, um, and share this podcast with someone that you know, maybe that God has put on your heart, whether it's a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, or even somebody you go to church with. And remember, until next time, we are better together. God bless. Amen. Got to take that picture. Got to post, y'all. <laughs> you didn't get. You didn't get me looking.